Welcome to the All Manner of Things podcast. In this episode, we discuss co-op games. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the All Manner of Things Rumble Edition. Um, my name's Peter. Uh, I am Shondell. And you are... We're, we're not answering a question today. We're talking about a particular game type. So yes. today we're talking about the game type co-op games. Which I have to say, some of my most favourite games are co-op games. Yes. I just love the dynamics and I love... Everybody versus the board. Yes, so if you don't know, if you found this podcast and you're not up to date... Up with the lingo of the kids. (laughs) Kids with their boards that fold up and the little dice that they roll around Yes, with more than six sides. If you're not up to date with the board game lingo, a co-op game is one where all the players versus the game so everyone wins or everyone loses there is no single winner there's a good sense of team effort and that goes into it and the the absolutely what marks the best co-op games are the ones that's a close call where it comes down to the last round and you you're desperately clinging on by the scrap of your fingernails to to win this game and by pitching it together you win that that to me is just like the quintessential Perfect cop game. Everyone leaves the game on a high and has a fantastic time. Yep. So there are certain things that you might see uh, reappearing in co-op games. There is the idea that each person has like, is, plays a different character, so has a slightly different ability. There's also generally on your turn, you would do a good thing for yourself and for your teammates. And then you'd end up flipping a card or rolling a dice or whatever to do a bad thing that impacts everybody else. Um, A lot of these games, not all of them, but a lot of them, as the game goes on, the bad things that you do become more intense. So you might go up levels and things where if you're flipping a card, you have to flip more cards or um, the cards are more powerful. That would go well with the idea that with some of these co-op games, you're also gaining in skills or abilities or weapons that are getting stronger and and the stakes are getting higher and higher. So what what do you think makes good co-op? I've been thinking about this and there's a few different things that... I think would make a good hop. One is if you take those basic elements, those core things that we just talked about that often appear in a co-op, and you just do them well. Yeah. Like you take the, everyone's got their own abilities, the game gets more intense as you go along, you do a good thing and a bad thing, but it's just done so well so that it's like you say, you know, it feels like a challenge and it always comes down to the last round. Is, yeah. You know, it can yeah. so easily go either way and it's just... It's done. It's the core elements of a co-op game done yep. well. Yep. The only thing I could add on to that would be it's good when there is no no one gets eliminated throughout the game. So you're left with one person who's sitting out, you know, waiting for the game to finish before you move on. And if if a game does do that, it's important that if they structure the game, that it's a fairly quick game. Yep. So it doesn't. So that person isn't sitting out for too long. Um, another thing I think is that would be a good co-op game for me is if you do something slightly different so you take those core elements but there's something slightly different in the game that makes it stand out cool okay well let's get into our 
top co-op games that we love. Um, we'll start with the novice games first. Yep. So what do you think's your number three? My number three is Escape, the Curse of the Temple. Escape? Fantastic. Escape is exactly what I put down as well. That that's that's crazy. Okay, cool. Excellent. Awesome. Um, so what do you think why do you enjoy Escape? Uh, this is one that does something slightly different, which makes it a bit fun, and that is that it's real time. So yep. everyone's rolling their own set of dice at yep. the same time. Yep. And you have to get certain combinations of dice to be able to move into the next room and you're all trying to collect treasures and get your way out of the temple before the gong goes off and the temple collapses. It's yeah, very Indiana yeah. Jones feel. Yeah. Um, but that real time, that pressure The frantic nature of the game yeah, and the way that plays out. Exactly. That yeah. makes it it makes it fun and it makes it ideal for people who haven't played a lot of board games before. Yeah. Yep. Because it's it's really fun it's being got that, under that It's pressure. got that, that party atmosphere with it, high energy yes. as well. So bringing everyone together, here's a couple of dice, just roll it in this combination, you can get to this next room or heal somebody or get them out of another room or... There's no healing, is there? Yes, there is. Okay, the gold... Because yeah. you can get... You can get, yeah, they, they get there's, a, there's a black, well, there's a black skull... Uh, black, it's not a skull, a little symbol about black yeah. symbol on one side of the dice and if you get that that dice you can't pick up to and roll again until someone rolls a gold to cancel it out someone yeah. in the same room as you so the, the the other beauty of this game which does something that no other cop game does is it has those special rules about rolling the dice so you got to have one hand on your forehead when you're rolling or that if the dice the curses, fall yeah, yeah, oh, yeah the dice falls off the table brilliant it's absolutely brilliant yeah. absolutely brilliant very cool game make a lot just fun, fun little things to add on to it. Or you can't talk. Yes. Is another one. Which is great. So you can't help, you know, wave your hands around in front of someone's face going, hey, sec, you got to rescue me, you got to rescue me. Okay. And I love how everyone at the start of the game goes, okay, we've got to stick together, we've got to stick together. And the dice, the, during the game, the, yes. yeah, and everyone just goes in different directions. As soon as, as soon as yeah, the pressure time on. starts, you're like, see you guys, I'm out of here. It's like, no, we all have to get out. You can't win by getting out of a temple alone. Um, okay, so number two. Uh, I, my number two was Castle Panic. Nice, very nice. I really like this game as a gateway game for novices to get into the co-op style. Yes. It just offers a friendly, light theme. So the idea is you have these goblins and orcs coming at you from different directions and you're in charge of protecting the center of the board so you're flipping over a good card and flipping over a bad card the good card you keep in your hand is potential uh, weapon that you can use to fend off the goblins or the orcs coming in your direction kind of, the, the board kind of looks like a dart board yeah and then the cards will allow you to attack a certain distance in a certain zone yeah. So like a red archer will let you attack the furthest out distance in the red zone. Yeah. Or a red knight. Is the closest. I think is the closest. Yeah. yeah. The closest distance in the red zone. So you've got to have the right cards to kill the goblins and orcs when they're in the right zone. And you've got to have the, the, the right combinations to rebuild walls if they knock them over. And there's boulders coming at you. I forgot about it's the boulders. It's really yeah. fun. Really great game. And as I said, a great gateway game for people who are interested in, in something light that you're going to get the grasps of very quickly and how to play. And I do like I do like the fact that with this game, there is a lot of for planning that needs to go into it because you can see a goblin 
um, on the outskirts in one particular zone, but no one's got a card to hit them when they're there. Yeah. But you've got a card to hit them when they're, yeah, say, three spaces ahead. So you have to work out whose turn it's going to be so you can hand that card to them so that they're ready to fight them. It's just, yeah, it requires a lot of thought for a simple game, but it is very simple to pick up and play. So your number two. My number two is Mysterium. Oh, good game. Really good game. Okay, so Mysterium is a, uh, a co-op game where everyone's working together to try and work out who killed the ghost. So one person's playing the ghost, everyone else is playing psychics, and the ghost can't talk. They can only communicate through these picture cards, and people have to work out from what they say on the picture cards what the ghost is trying to, which which weapon yeah. and which location and which, which suspect the ghost is trying to point them towards. So I think it's an awesome game for novices because... Yeah there's not um, a lot of steps you need to take on your turn no, or anything like that. No. It's very straightforward. It's and, and look, if you've played Cluedo before, um, you, you should be well on your way to understanding how to play this game. It's yeah. just good. It's better than Cluedo, though. It, I just love the idea that everyone's in it together, including the ghost, and they're trying their best to, to hand over that card, and they're like... It's, you know, they're wearing yes. the same color. They've, they've got, there's an arrow in the background and the guy's, there's a, you know, being shot with an arrow or whatever, you know, but they just, for some reason, the, the other guys just don't get what you're trying to put down. And, no. and that's, it's very, very funny, um, especially if you're not even playing, you're just watching and you know what the ghost has got and you're listening and having a laugh to it. Everyone else is guessing. And sometimes they can jag it. Sometimes they can go, oh, yeah. and there's a blue in the background, and the, the, the guy's suit is also blue. So, you know, we'll pick, we'll, we'll bet on that one, and it ends up being correct. So, very fun, very fun game. Yes, yes. Number one? Number one um, is Forbidden Island. Yes, I put Forbidden Island as well. And it's easy to see why. Forbidden Island is a game where you are a series of adventurers who land on um, this island that is slowly sinking while you're trying to find all these artifacts. If you get all the artifacts, collect them all, you head back to the chopper and fly away before the island sinks and you win. Yeah. And this game, like I was mentioning at the start, what I like about it, like what makes a good co-op is it takes all the basic elements of a co-op game you know, each person has a different role, so they have slightly different abilities. The game gets harder as it progresses. Like, you have to draw flood tiles mm. each time you do something bad. Yeah, I love and that flood ability. I love how the island gets smaller and yeah, smaller. Yeah, yeah. And you're getting, running out of options. And it just makes it feel more and more intense towards the end. At the start, you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. But towards yeah. the end, you know, at the start, you're only drawing three flood cards or something. Look, towards the end, you're drawing like five or six flood cards each time. Yep, and you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't rest on the fact that it's, feels easy at the beginning. Every move matters. Yes. And if you don't plan it right, you're going to sink. And it's, it is that very intense feeling at the end where you're standing on the two tiny little tiles left yeah. of this <laughs> island and then you realise no one's remembered to call a helicopter so the island is going to sink and there is nothing you can do about it except Absolutely. stand there and sink. <laughs> very fun. Very great game. And, yeah. the, and very simple mechanics, which makes it perfect for a novice. We, we, we played these. We, we played that game and we purchased that game when we were in America. And it was a perfect travel game. Nice, sturdy tin box, so it didn't get destroyed. Yeah. And the components 
could fit on you know, two yes. travel trays of of um, I mean, we were traveling through the train on it, the train. It probably wasn't the most ideal game for the train, but we enjoyed it. We just had sort of split our island in half to split it across the trays, but it was but, still fun. But did you notice like everybody was curious and watching us playing this game as well? And we were just so proud that we had this amazing, cool game that just looked, it looks impressive. The components are really impressive. I just love it. Absolutely yep. love it. Yep. Okay, so we're moving on to the experts. So people who have just played a few more games are able to pick up more complex mechanics. So which games suit them? So what did you put as your number three? My number three is Pandemic. Yes. This is a really good game and it gets very high ratings around the place. You have a map of the world. Um, you have different little tokens which represent different varieties of viruses and you're essentially the World Health Organization, I suppose. Yep. Though I don't think it actually says the words World Health Organization, but essentially that's what you are. You have different abilities. The idea is you control and contain the diseases and find cures before they spread across the globe. It's, um, I'm surprised you put this in your expert list and not your rookie list. Look, I originally had it as my number three in my gateway games. But then I was looking at what I currently put down, which was Escape, Castle Panic, and Forbidden Island, and they just they had an easier mechanic, and I felt like Pandemic was um, something which is just probably just a level higher. I don't know. Um, I just that's the way I felt about it. I, I think that it didn't take me a lot to get into it, but still, I think the difficulty of it more than anything else. Yeah. I think possibly it felt a lot more difficult because the person we were playing it with decided that every time we should play, we should play on, I think, Heroic is yeah, the name of the, yeah, the, highest the level, level yeah. the hardest level. He's like, no, if we're going to play this, we're going to be Heroic, which meant we didn't win um, again and again and again. And then we walked away feeling depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the mechanics are easy to pick up. Um, you're right, it could easily be a gateway game, but yep. very enjoyable and loved the whole saving the world theme. Excellent. How about yourself? Um, I put Jupiter Rescue. Ooh, that's good. I actually, I'm glad you put Jupiter Rescue because I actually recommended that to you, so I'm feeling a bit chuffed about that. Excellent. So, I, um, but I do, I do really like this game. So Jupiter Rescue is you are on a space station. There's these aliens invading called creeps um, coming in from outside. There's a whole bunch of humans on board and the humans just don't have a clue. They're frozen in panic and you guys are uncaring robots yep. that you just need to try and get as many people off this. It's all about the numbers. Yeah, really. it's, all, it's all a numbers game when you're robots. You, you're, kind of, you're kind of shepherding them off onto... Yes. Like, I mean, an the whole thing, pod. an escape pod, exactly. And the whole thing's made up with tiles. So there's different paths and routes and unlimited combinations, I suppose, of how this spaceship can form. But the thing, the thing that it, this game does differently is instead of there just being a set of, say, six different characters that you can play with the abilities that go along with those characters, there's a deck of cards uh, with different abilities. You shuffle these up, you deal 
Um, each person gets two at the start of the game and they choose from those two which ability is going to be their core ability that they have throughout the whole game. But the rest of the cards aren't just put aside. They You draw a card each time and that allows you like once-off abilities. So you have your ongoing special ability and then you have these once-off abilities that you can hold on to and use when you want to. And that's fantastic. Mm, it mm. just adds something different mm. that I haven't found, not in the co-ops I've played at least. Another thing which I particularly enjoyed about that game was the fact that you can move those tiles about and it changes the, the formation of the board. You can, you can dock in at any part of that spaceship as well. Um, so you can future plan the best way to save the humans. And it's also, uh, it's just quite funny as well because you only need to, you've got a number of humans you need to save. Uh, when it gets to the end and the board has been completely overrun with creeps and you're just like, I've reached my quota. <laughs> you can see these humans being surrounded but you're like, I've reached my quota, I'm out of here. Like, See you guys. <laughs> and there's also fun with the um, with the cards, with the things that are on them, these abilities that you get to use, like yes. rocket boots or very clever teleporting abilities. and yeah. the um So you can yeah. you can you could shepherd those people from any side of the ship to keep them away from the creeps because the, the, the creeps are like a virus. If they're joined next to another human, it spreads like yes. into into the into the crowd. Yes, you have to replace the human with a creep when they're at a certain point. Yeah. Like they get you can get infected by this yeah. creep virus. Yeah. It's so alien clever. thing. Yeah. So and clever. it's um it's funny. And there's combinations. There's combinations with the cards. They all yeah. come with little icons on them and then they also tell you which which um which other cards they you can use as combos and they're just very clever. Very well thought out. Okay, um, which leads us to number two. What is your number two? My number two for experts is Zombie Side Black Play. Yeah, that's mine as well. Yeah. Zombie Side, amazing game. Yeah. Amazing, thematic, um, and just so well constructed. Yep. It essentially is a board of tiles, very much like what we talked about with Jupiter Rescue. Um, so you do have like a fairly, I would say unlimited, but I know there's a limited number uh, of uh, playing mats, uh, a series of stories and a whole bunch of zombies coming at you from all different spawn points where you need to complete basic objectives, get from point A to point B. Yep. You have um, weapons you pick up and scrounge around in the different rooms. You can go down to cellars and pick up some cool little items. It's just, it's it's an amazing as what it sounds. Yeah, and it is a lot more complex than your standard co-op. It is. Um, it when is. we start talking about it, it's like yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot that goes into this game. The word miniatures is thrown around, and some people have good connotations, some have bad. This is our first real step into the miniatures environment. We we're a bit hesitant to make it, but I'm so glad we did. Yeah, amazing game. So so thematic in the way that you can chop down zombies and you feel really good about it. Yes. It's very, very cool. Yes. Very exciting. Which leads us to the number one game. Number Num one. Number one. I think it's the same as yours. Yeah. What is it? Sentinels of the Multiverse. Can't beat this game. This is possibly our 
favourite w- game? I would say our favourite game. Yeah. Yeah. The, the number of times we've played this game. Out and, of all the games we yeah. own, and this so one much is our favourite. Yeah, so much enjoyment out of this as well. It's just, every time we play, it just feels like we're so close to losing and then we win at the end. And Or we lose. Or we lose <laughs> at the end because it's, it's a challenge, you know. And, There's, um, so basically with the game, it's, it's all decks of cards. Um, and it's like a comic book where you've got a bunch of a team of heroes who are trying to take on an evil villain So there's a bunch of different decks of cards for different villains There's a bunch of decks of cards for all the different heroes you can play And there's also a bunch of decks of cards for the different environments that you can play it in So the first time I was taught, was taught this game We had just finished the setup and I looked down and I was playing I was Ra the Sun God I was taking on a mad scientist and we were in like a prehistoric earth scenario where there was dinosaurs traipsing around and I said to the guy who was teaching me, I was like, I love this game. He's like, we haven't even started playing it yet. I'm like, are you kidding me? Have you not seen? I am raw. I'm taking on an evil scientist and there's dinosaurs running around. Like it's so thematic and fun and on top of all of that, each hero plays really differently and each yes. villain plays really differently. Yeah. And it, you have those discussions after you're playing as well, especially if you lose, going, oh, what if we tried that hero in that environment against that villain? Would that work better? Yeah. And you're constantly looking for ways in which you can strike the hardest with the cards you have in your hands. So good. So good. And there's also, um, they do a whole bunch of mini expansions, which is just a single deck. Yeah. So you can buy just a single hero to add on to your thing, which just adds so much. Like there's, as we go through, we find we, we'll pick a hero and we'll play that hero for a few games yeah. just because you want to get the feel of that and, hero but, and really explore how to become, play them. But it'll become your favourite hero yeah. as well at the same yeah. time. And then you'll play the next hero and that one becomes your favourite hero. Exactly. Right? Once you start getting the nuances of how to play and get the most out of that hero. And then there's villains. Like, yeah. there's some villains that we're scared to fight because <laughs> we have not yet. I yes. mean, we might have just beat Spite, but we definitely haven't beat the Matriarch yet. The Matriarch yet. Is, is scary and we just don't know how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, get we'll, we'll, we'll one day, we'll one yeah. day bring her down. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's very, it's like each game is um, writing a story, telling a... Yeah, and it's just so open the way that it plays as well. You've got all these bunches of cards, pick the best combination that you want and yep. face the, the evil tyrant and see if you can throw them down. It, so good. Yep. It's also the only game that I will play solo, and I don't like playing games solo. I don't see the point in that. Yep. Um, you want that social interaction. That's the reason why I do play board games over playing video games, yep. because I enjoy the socialness of it. But Sentinels of the Multiverse just offers enough of a challenge for you to start playing multiple heroes and a villain, and just sit down and have a quiet time just yep. defeating evil. It is so cool. If, you, if you're stuck at home by yourself or you're off on a trip, like a work trip, and you're going to be in a hotel by yourself and you're not really sure what to do, then, you know, just cu- chuck a couple of heroes and a villain in your bag and you'll keep yourself entertained while you're there. Exactly. Fantastic. So that brings us on to co-ops with a traitor element. Yeah. Now, a the traitor element essentially is, generally, is... 
a person who is unknown or hidden within the group. Everyone seems to be working together, but there, there is one or maybe two people that would be working against the majority in order to bring about the downfall of the larger group. Uh, this brings in such an interesting dynamic of mistrust and accusations being thrown around the table. Yes, so and while you're trying to work together, you're also not sure whether you want to help certain people because you're not sure they're really working with the best interests of the group at heart. Yes. And yeah, it does change the dynamic of a co-op game a lot. So what we've just decided to do is just name our very best co-op with a trader element for a novice and an expert. So we'll start with the novice. Yep. And um, did you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You go first this okay. time. I'll go first. My favorite for a novice would have to be Avalon. Yep. Avalon is a co-op uh, card game where with a bluffing mechanism in it. You start off with everyone um, being dealt a card. Now on the on the card, you have to keep a secret. Um, you're either a part of the good team or the bad team. And once everyone knows who they are, um, you then elect an, a king. That person um, is then selects a number of people to go out onto a mission based upon how many players there are. What happens then is that everyone um, votes on whether that team is going to be a good team or a bad team, a successful team, etc. You reveal the tokens in front of you, and if it's a, if it's a pass, um, you then send your those players out with a pass or a fail card. So if they they put them out uh, on the center of the table, that those cards get shuffled, and if there's any failed uh, cards in there, then the mission has failed, and one of the bad guys is a part of that mission. Now, if someone who's a bad person can vote either good or bad, but someone who's a good person has to vote. Uh, for a success of the mission. Cool. There's a lot of little special abilities, but that's essentially the essence of the game. I almost put that as my top game for novices, except for the socialness of it. Really? Um, I mean, I like a good social game, and I know people who don't play a lot of games probably want something a bit more social, but I do worry that if you're not, if you're not used to playing a lot of games and you have to start accusing someone of being a traitor, and that can be a bit difficult for some people, so the game I went for instead is not a game I normally would recommend for novices, but in this situation, trying to pick the best game with a traitor element for novices, I came up with Shadows of a Camelot. Wow. Shadows. Yeah. I know it it's... seems like a more complex game. There is a lot going on it. There's mm. a lot of components. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, all you do is you've got a list of good things you can do, that you pick one from, and then you've got a list of bad things yeah. that you do, you can do, and you pick one from. I, I don't know. I, I would kind of... I'll let you describe more about the game. Yep. Okay. So basically the game is you are knights of the round table, and you're being sent out on quests, and whether you succeed or fail at a quest dictates whether you get white swords or black swords added to the round table, and you have to get a certain number of white swords to win or end up with a certain number of black swords to lose essentially. Often the quests are just putting cards down like white cards on a particular quest which are the good cards but as you do the bad things most of the time you're drawing black cards 
and they will go on a particular quest as well. So the white cards sort of need to win over the black cards at the end of the quest for the quest to be successful. I would not say this is a gateway game at all, if you ask me. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it is quite complicated, especially trying to get a handle around it um, using the instruction manual. It's quite intense, I yes. felt. Um, I, I wouldn't... It is an amazing game, don't get me wrong. It is a great trader element and it is very difficult to pass, even if you don't have a trader in there. Yes. So it's, it's, it's a good challenge. But I think that can work against a, a novice. They might get a bit frustrated um, with winning. And I think that because there's so many things happening on the board and so many ways that you can lose, I think keeping it simple and, and actually having a game where it's um, Avalon, I think that's going to be an easier mechanic for, yep. for, for them to get their head around. And I do get that. I completely get that. Um, I've just said this one because it's a great game and it's a great game that you can play without the trader element first so you get your head around how to play the game first and then you can play with the trader element or if you wanted it specifically because you are looking for a game with a trader element um, then you can play it but there's enough of a game there so that if that conversation doesn't flow if those accusations don't start flowing from the start yeah. there's still a good game there whereas with Avalon if you don't get into those accusations from the start there's nowhere for the game to go whereas Shadows of a Hemlock, the game's also longer, so if you're not accusing people at the start, by the end, when you start getting the handle of the game, that's when the accusations start coming out. To, to, for me, though, Avalon feels more like a party game, which yeah, is a true. great novice game, is party games, whereas um, Shadows of a Camelot is a, a more of a serious board game. I know we're yes. chewing and froing on yes. this, uh, and we'll probably never get it to a, a conclusion between ourselves. Yep, but well, that's right. maybe if you guys listen to it and you make your own call. Yep. What about the top cop game with the trader element for an expert? What did you put? I put um, Battlestar Galactica. Yes, I put the same. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. So we can agree on this one at least. Yeah. This game is all about being a survivor, a band of people who are on a spaceship, um, surviving the elements of space. Yes. You've got yep. a central spaceship called the Battlestar Galactica. It's based off the TV series. Um, you have a colonial one little side presidential ship and you each have a character with special abilities. You've got a bunch of silent alien ships around the outside generally attacking your ship. Yep. You also have all these crisis cards, cards that keep coming out yep. um, that you have to deal with. And skill checks as well depending on um, your abilities as a character is depending on what skills you can pick up and then you have uh, like a voting round, a hidden voting round. Now that's where things get really interesting because at the start of the game and halfway through the game you get a are you a Cylon or not card and if you end up being a Cylon you're now on the Cylon side and you can... You're trying to sabotage those skill checks you know, you're trying yeah. to sabotage each time a crisis comes up you want you want them to lose, so but you have to be subtle about it. Absolutely. To a point, because there, there's a point in the game, usually yeah. towards the end of the game, where it becomes beneficial to actually reveal that you are a Cylon. And I'm just remembering the last game we played, and I was a Cylon. I only found out halfway through during the sleeper phase, and I was a Cylon. And when I revealed myself, the look on your face, 
you look like I just shot your brother or something. Like, <laughs> it was just complete and utter betrayal. Yeah. You're like, I trusted you. I, how could you be a Cylon? And yep. that's what's great about a trader game. Where you can just completely fool someone and have them convinced that you're working for the greater good. You're working for the, yep. the win. Yep. And actually you're not. And it's, if you can throw the suspicion onto someone else, that's even better. Like yeah. you get everyone believing this other player is the Cylon when you really are, and just yeah, the look on your face was that's what makes <laughs> that was, that's what makes a good trade again. I was I was shocked. I was like, what? You're working for us? It was it were being a team. How could you? How could you trade? You were a traitor to me at that point in time. <laughs> you know, I did no longer want to speak to you. <laughs> You go off and sit off with the other Cylons in your little Cylon base and you just fire rockets at us from a distance. You're no longer included in the discussion. It is so fun. It is such a great game and the theme of just getting by on the bones of your butt yeah. is just, it works so well. No. So, okay. no so I think that's it. That's, that's all we have to say on co-op games. Hopefully you picked up um, some ideas, some useful information, some games you might want to check out in the future, or just an interest in this type of game. If you've never played a co-op game before, then I definitely recommend it. Yes, absolutely. You have been listening to the All Manner of Things podcast. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at allmannerofthings.com or alternatively, you can find us on our website www.allmannerofthings.com Thanks for listening. Bye.